0: to the Friday Five here on the ASG Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Ruppel, and this is our weekly list of five things you should know about. Today is December 9th, and that means that the 2023 annual enrollment period has officially come to an end. Wednesday was the official last day, so pencils are down, the applications have been passed to the front of the class. Number one on our list today, congratulations for making it to the end of another busy season or perhaps your first busy season. You have made it through to the other side, and that is certainly worth celebrating. It also means that it is time to begin those post-AEP processes. In true Agent Survival Guide fashion, we've got an episode for that, and it will drop next Tuesday. That will walk you through some things to think about as you're wrapping up, maybe wondering what comes next. There are a few things you'll want to consider while the experiences of this AEP are fresh in your mind. Be on the lookout for that. If you're not following along with our show, it's a great time to do that to make sure you don't miss out on that episode. Number two, on Tuesday this week, CMS proposed a rule to improve upon the prior authorization process and expand access to health information. Under the Biden administration, both the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and the Department of Health and Human Services. Have been taking a look at current processes, trying to find ways to troubleshoot and expedite problem areas, and I think this is another good example of that. They're calling for some carriers to implement an electronic prior authorization system in order to streamline the turnaround time for those requests. The rule also calls for better data exchange standards between carriers, or payers, as the release calls them. And if you've ever tried to switch your medical records from one place to another, perhaps in the midst of a changeover to a different system, it can be a complete and total nightmare. Now, according to the press release, the changes would come to, quote, Medicare Advantage organizations, state Medicaid and Children's Health Insurance Program agencies, Medicaid Managed Care Plans. CHIP-managed care entities, and qualified health plan issuers on the federally-facilitated exchanges, end quote. And by doing this, it would bring all of these different organizations up to essentially the same speed of processing so that there's no difference in these services across different coverage types. One of the most interesting notes from the press release is that CMS estimated this initiative would save hospitals and practices over $15 billion across a 10-year period. In publishing this new proposed rule, CMS has withdrawn a previous rule that was published in December of 2020. The new proposal replaces that and has addressed some of the comments made in the 2020 version. Number three, when the pandemic began, we were quickly made aware of the symptoms to look for. We learned how to potentially identify COVID-19, and while the list of symptoms evolved over the years, we now have a pretty good idea of what is and is not COVID. But as we got away from social distancing and masking, the seasons evolving... It's not always so easy to tell what's COVID and what's just a cold, or is it allergies? Maybe it's the flu, and now it could be RSV, depending on the symptom. I have a kiddo who's especially prone to respiratory colds and has allergies, So my anxiety needs a way to quickly log her symptoms and assess what's going on. I think that's a parent thing across the board. So when I came across a table that compared the symptoms of RSV, COVID, and the flu in an easy-to-read style, I thought it would make for a good share here. And then, as I did more research, I found an even better chart from the Tulsa, Oklahoma ER and Hospital. So shout out to them for creating this resource. That is what we are linking to in the notes today. It's a chart with symptoms like body aches, fever, nasal congestion, runny nose, and more all in one column. And there are 14 symptoms in all. And then in the other columns, it cross-references the prevalence of those symptoms in COVID-19, the flu, a cold, allergies, and RSV, all in one incredibly easy to read and reference table. I have bookmarked it. I highly recommend that you bookmark it as well and share it not only with your clients, but with your family and friends, especially those who are parents of little kiddos right now. Number four, With the holidays coming up, you might be in the same boat as me, and that is a cleaning boat that never seems to stop in port. Well, I shouldn't say that. We're getting there. We did just get the tree up, and that was a cleaning culmination of sorts. But it turns out there is a mental health benefit to a clean home. And as someone who's married to someone who gets stressed out by messiness, I can say that this does have some merit to it. I wouldn't say I'm a neat freak. I'm okay with a little bit of chaos in my home. But I also know that I do get a huge sense of calm and satisfaction after I've gone on a cleaning spree. Take, for instance, this past weekend— I overhauled our entire living room, cleaned out all the bookcases, dusted all the books, donated a bunch of them, and reorganized everything. And it is so satisfying. Now, in addition to that sense of control that tidiness gives you, there's a satisfaction in having, as the old saying says, a place for everything and everything in its place. It doesn't necessarily mean that your closet has to be in rainbow order or sleeve-length order, but if you want to do both, you certainly can. One of the most important things I've learned over the years is that my sense of clean and tidy and in its place is a little bit different than my husband's, and that's okay. I've actually gotten a bit tidier over the years because of that. There are a couple more mental health benefits to cleaning and keeping things tidy, and during the holidays when we are busy running here and there and everywhere, this just might be the hack you need to help survive the season, so check out the notes for that list. Number five. Artificial intelligence has consistently been in the news this year, most recently with AI created digital imagery. We've talked about Dolly 2 and Midjourney here on the show. There's Fotor and others. But the one that's in the news this week is Lenza AI, an easy to use art generator app. You've likely seen the images the app creates on your social media this week. It can take a selfie and turn it into an artful rendering where you look like an anime version of yourself, or it looks like you just sat for a portrait in oil. There are a ton of filters and styles, and it's a fun app to try, but it has brought up some of the familiar debates from other AI art generators, like whether or not it's infringing on the intellectual property that is an artist's style or the fact that Lenza's AI can creatively but perhaps not so wantingly put the face of a person onto someone else's body without that person's consent. Users have reported a tendency for Lenza images to lighten skin tone and make users appear thinner, throwing into question the original datasets used to train the AI. Then there's the issue that most of these AI art generators face. Sometimes it's really difficult to tell that the image is not in fact real, but was created artificially. And finally, privacy. Is it a good idea to upload your photo data to an app like Lenza AI? Can you trust that they're not going to use the data that comes along with it? Can you trust that they're going to protect your likeness? Experts aren't so sure, so I suggest doing some research before you dip your toe into this particular pool. Lenza AI is available for both Apple and Android devices. Users can edit three photos per day for free. Subscriptions start at $2.99 for one week. $4.99 4 dollars for a month and 49 dollars for a year's subscription. Now, those were the prices as of recording this episode. And yes, the yearly subscription has been increasing as the app has gained popularity. And with that, we are at the end of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide Podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rapel, script editing by Tina Lamaru, artwork by Vivian Zhao.